Well, here we are in the second Sunday of Advent, and as we said last week and we say every year, we are stuck in the middle. We are looking at Christ coming in two ways. One, he already came at his birth 2,000 years ago, and the other is in the future, tonight, tomorrow, 1,000 or 100,000 years from now, he'll come again in the second coming to take everything up in his glory and give it to the Father. So um, we're celebrating a memory and a future event that we don't know if we'll even be around at the time when it happens. And um, neither, especially this one, uh, satisfies completely because who knows when it's coming. But where we are is right here in the middle. And this is the same place that John the Baptist was. He was, he was participating and getting others to participate in getting ready for the coming of the Lord. And that's what the church says we're doing is we're preparing people for the coming of the Lord. But again, since that is future and we don't know when, it begs a question. And I think what really is important is what's going on right now. And I think we're very much like John the Baptist. What if there was no John the Baptist? Who would have announced the coming of the Lord? Maybe the prophets? I don't know. But John was involved. He got out there and he did what that first reading was saying, comfort, comfort my people. And, and tell them that a highway is being built. You've got to tear down the mountains and fill in the valleys and make a straight highway to the Lord so people can get there and meet the Lord. And that's what John the Baptist was doing. Prepare the way of the Lord. In fact, how many Godspell people are here? How many people? Come on, do it with me. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Let's hear it. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. That's your homework. Go down to Netflix and watch Godspell, okay? Do it. Do it. Just do it, says Adidas, huh? Or Nike. Well, I'm going to suggest something to you that I think most will not like, so you just throw it out, okay? Just don't... just. Put it in your spiritual wastebasket. But I have a strong feeling and faith in me that everyone will be saved, no matter what. I, I really can't believe God can lose anybody. And part of it is the Word of God itself says it today. Listen to what 1 Peter says in this letter. Do not ignore this one fact, beloved, that the Lord, with the Lord, one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like one day. That already tells you something very mysterious is happening. If one day is like a thousand years, but a thousand years is like one day, whoa. And then it says this. The Lord does not delay his promise, as some regard delay, but he is patient with you. Here's the line. Not wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Not wishing that any should perish. Now, if God doesn't wish for anyone to perish, I think no one's going to perish. We're talking about God. Does it make sense for God to say, I don't want anyone to perish, but then we can make ourselves perish? I don't get it. I think at the end, um, if we ran away from God all our life, we said, I don't believe in God, there is no God, blah, 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 blah. The moment of death, we're facing our God. And I think you've got to fall in love. How do you not fall in love with the God of all creation? How do you not fall in love with the God who did all of this, created all this potential, and we are living this way? What are we all doing here on a Sunday morning at 9.30 in the morning? What are we doing here? Unless we really believe in this God 
Why are we baptizing somebody else into our faith if she's not going to believe in God? But what happens if you receive God, but you don't really receive God? Because you're not open, ignorant, uh, whatever, don't think you need it. There's a commercial. I think it's Spectrum. Uh, I could be wrong. You can correct me after Mass. I'm always open to correction. Um, there's a couple sitting on a couch in a living room watching a football game, I think. And they're eating popcorn. They're cuddling up there on the couch. It's a warm room and all. And they're having a wonderful time. See the game. Hear the game. They're eating the popcorn. And then a guy appears out in the garden in a bush. And he's looking through a window that's closed so he can see it, but apparently can't hear it. And he certainly isn't eating popcorn. And he's not nestled up to anybody. And then another guy comes out of the bush and says, what are you doing? And he says, I'm watching the game. And, and so now the both are watching the game. And the couple is in there cuddling and eating their popcorn. And then all of a sudden, they turn and notice them. And, and it's like, what are you doing in our garden? And then the one guy that came later said, back out slowly. And then the other one does, and the bush closes, and that's it. Have anybody seen that? Okay. That's what life is like if we don't participate. Watching through a bush, a football game on a television, we can't see, we can see it a little bit, but we can't hear anything, and it's cold outside. Hello. I sit here, this is the only church in all my 47 years of priesthood that I've looked at front doors with glass so I can see outside. So anytime I'm sitting there, another car just went by, I see people walking their dogs. Every once in a while, the doors are closed, but I can see because it's glass, like somebody walking right there now, uh, they'll walk in with their dog, and the dog sits there and looks at the noise that the dog hears inside, and the person's out there praying with their best buddy, their dog. They stay for five minutes, and they move on. Okay. Well, that's something. And we have a speaker there, so you can hear. Every once in a while, somebody has a restless baby in here. Audrey, don't even try it, okay? And, and after a while, the baby's crying and everything, so they go out and stand in the doorway with the doors closed so we can't hear the baby crying, but they can hear with the speaker and see the mass. Again, that's good, but it's different. Now, a lot of people after the pandemic continue to not come to mass and just watch it on TV. Uh, okay, that's something, but it's not the same. It's like coming to a Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas dinner and standing outside the window, looking in, and you see all the food, but you can't smell it. You're not going to taste it because you're not in there. You can't hear all the rejoicing and the laughter and the jokes and the gossip and, and all of that stuff. And so you're outside. Somehow you're witnessing it, but you're not really a part of it. And not that just coming to Mass does that, because we can come to Mass and not get a whole bunch out of it, or come to Mass and, and I saw some head shake at that time, huh? Or come to Mass and, and be playing the game the whole time, or, or sleeping, or coming like my niece. I'll never forget my first Mass I preached as a deacon. I'm up on the pulpit there preaching, and she goes like this. Rolled her eyes, and I thought, oh, my God. Um, so there's all kinds of ways of coming, but, but what John teaches us, John the Baptist he came to prepare the way, to do whatever had to be done inside to open up, to experience, to be ready, 
to be ready. And if we went through all of our life without openness to God, does that mean God can't save us? Of course God can save us. God can do whatever God wants to do. But how much do we miss? How much do we miss? And would we choose not to be a part of the party? A part of the party. I think Advent is a call. It's, it's not just to prepare for Christ coming at the end of time or looking back in time and preparing for the birthday again. It's that. But it's really saying what not only do we have to do or could or should we do, but what could or might happen in us if we were to get on that highway to the Lord, if we were to get on that highway and run down that highway, not walk, but run down that highway and say, Lord, I'm, I'm open, I'm ready, fill me, give me your light, give me your love. Today, as we enter into the second week of Advent, and we light those candles, it's a very simple symbol, but it's, but it's poignant, I think. You know, each week we light a, a, another candle, next week we light the pink one, because it's, uh, I never remember Gaudete or, or Letari, I think it's Gaudete because it's first in the alphabet and so whatever. Um, but that pink one represents to us not the purple penitential, but something a little less, a little lighter, a little joyful, saying, hey, get ready, you guys, it's almost here, one more week of Advent, one more Sunday. And this year, it's, a, it's the strangest year when we have the fourth Sunday of Advent, and then that night is Christmas Eve. <laughs> so, so it comes on us real fast. But the point is with that wreath and the lighting each week is we light another candle, get closer to the light, and finally all four candles are lit. And some Advent wreaths, I don't remember if we do it, they put a white one in the middle representing Christ, and they light that on Christmas Day to say Christ the light has come. What if we did nothing during Advent, nothing different? Okay, we'll still come to Christmas and we'll probably have a nice Christmas. But what if every single day we asked Christ to come into our life? What if every day during Advent, if we did something dumb or rude or sinful or not caring, we said, Lord, you know, bend my heart, open it, bless it, help me to see better. Help me to live better. I really want your light. I really want your life alive in me. Advent is a call, and it's an opportunity. And uh, it's what now we're going to give to Audrey because technically speaking, God loves her no matter if she's baptized or not, but technically speaking, at this moment, right now, she's not a member of the church. And in just a few moments, she will be. She'll be welcomed in through the gift of baptism and through the anointing of the Spirit. And you might say, oh, that's a beautiful ceremony, blah, blah, blah. It's more than that. This is an opportunity. And if the parents and godparents are super serious about this, as I believe they will be, they're saying, we're going to teach her to know Christ. She's just going to watch us and listen to us, and she's going to learn how to love and know Christ in her life. We are preparing the highway to the Lord for her. And this is the day that she takes her first steps on that highway.